Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to new episode of Dada Podcast and today we have another guest and another faculty of Dada Podcast, Tate Foley and he is the professor of printmaking and today we are going to talk about his career, his research and just a casual discussion regarding life in academia, life in industry, and the balance between these two. And yeah, that's art and design and Webster Dada department things. So welcome Tate today for this podcast and we are so glad to have you. Glad to be here. Nice. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> so please introduce yourself for us. I'm, I'm Tate. Uh, I've been teaching at Webster. I think this is my 13th year. Um, I'm, I'm from the East Coast originally. I'm not a Midwesterner, but um, have enjoyed the Midwest for the last, you know, 13 years or so that I've lived here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's nice. So tell us about your background education you know and research yeah um you go really far back and thinking about uh you know high school and in kind of understanding a love for art back in high school uh i feel like i've told a lot of people this before but probably somewhere in high school i thought i wanted to be a pharmacist mm-hmm. i have no idea why <laughs> Uh, yeah, handling, you know, medicine all day and, and drugs and prescriptions all day. I don't know why. There was something about it that seemed intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also very interested in art, but didn't really think about making a career uh-huh. out of becoming an artist. And I went to shadow a pharmacist and um, for like an internship, and it was it was very boring. And uh, I remember going back uh, and changing all my classes to art classes and essentially my senior year of high school taking nothing but art classes and and, and deciding that I wanted to do that in undergrad. Um, And then I I went to undergrad at a really small school in central Pennsylvania called Lycoming College. It's about the size of Webster's campus Mm -hmm. and and student body here. Uh, Really fantastic art program. Um, really fell in love with printmaking in that process. I was studying ceramics and printmaking, um, and I did furniture design for about a semester. Oh, and then I was nice. like, I was like, yeah, there was something nice about. It. <laughs> I like woodworking, yeah. Um, and so furniture design made sense. Uh, and I, I loved ceramics, and I remember um, I went to a couple of my ceramics professors as I was thinking about grad school, and I, I showed them my portfolio of ceramics. I also decided to show them my printmaking portfolio because I was also very interested in mm-hmm. printmaking, and they said, you should go to school for printmaking. So I, maybe my ceramics wasn't that great. <laughs> um, you know, my ceramics work wasn't that great, but... Um, but that kind of, yeah, I think they kind of saw in me a passion for print media and printmaking and book arts um, more than ceramics. And so I decided to go to uh, get my MFA at Georgia, um, Go Dogs, that, uh, you know, in printmaking and um, didn't really study ceramics much in grad school. It was uh, pretty focused within print the whole time. So the grad school uh, was like the major was printmaking or like yeah it was it was an emph it was an MFA mm-hmm. with an emphasis in printmaking oh, that's nice. um, and, and it was, it, Georgia when I was there you know they 
they like uh, you applied to a specific studio discipline like printmaking or ceramics or sculpture painting and drawing and then you kind of you had your own grad studio within that space but you were really pretty free to do whatever you wanted to do um i I mean i i got to grad school and and started out making paintings and really weird drawings um and then started doing installation work and really didn't make that many prints while i was in grad school um and then kind of arced back to making a lot of print work during my third year there so it wasn't totally interdisciplinary um you still had to pick an emphasis and point toward it uh but I was really interested in design at that time, too. Book design and poster design and all those types of things. I went to grad school in Athens, Georgia, which is where REM and the B-52s and Neutral Milk Hotel and a lot of those other bands originated from. So they had like this really rich history. The music scene in Athens was huge. And I remember I just started um, out of nowhere my first year of grad school. I was going to a lot of shows at this local club called 40 Watt. And (laughs) and a lot of my favorite bands were playing there. And I just started reaching out to these bands and asking if I could make posters for their for their shows (laughs) um and it was really great i ended up meeting a lot of a lot of my favorite musicians at that time and i think i made maybe 50 posters for 50 different shows while i was in athens because yeah the music scene was so rich and that Uh really and they were all screen printed um some were completely hand done some were completely on photoshop um, you know, and and being able to look at design in that way and just make I was making probably a poster a week for for some of these shows. And then I was going around just posting them up all over town. And uh, uh, and then I would bring the extra screen printed posters that I had. The bands were usually really nice. And they were like, yeah, we'll put you on the list so you can get into the show for free, which was really nice. So, yeah, I saw a lot of shows for free <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, and I would give them like the extra stack of posters that I didn't hang up and they would sell them at their merch table you know at the show and stuff so that's a good experience yeah it was a really great experience I think something back then in grad school too I started just loving giving my work away for free. Like just, you know, I wasn't asking for payment from the bands. They would get me into their shows and that was like payment enough. I think it comes from the passion, you know, you know, I have done so many things like that, you know, for free doing that, but it's coming from more like passion that you have to do your job. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, I it's like I like design. Yeah, I like designing posters. Yeah, I like screen printing. Exactly. So it's like really, you yeah. know, like if if you want to pay me, that's great. And a couple a couple bands were like, "Hey, could you do tour posters for us that so we'll take on tour and yeah. it'll kind of show our dates and stuff?" And they would usually pay me for those types of gigs, you know. But, that's good. Which is yeah, it's oh, it's icing on top of the cake. You yeah, know? if you can uh, <laughs> if you can get paid to do what you love to do and what you have passion yeah. for, you know. No but, yep. So yeah, that really grew like my my sense of design um and, and kind of gave me this personal style and also just gave me a ton of time printing yeah um, i was kind of printing like a maniac in that in those times so yeah and then after grad school came to webster um you know helped kind of hopefully you know build data into what it is and so shape why webster in some small part that's a great question yeah why webster uh yeah, after grad school, Webster had this really interesting program, a visiting artist program, mm-hmm. where, where they would hire, um, usually, I think, uh, 
artist right out of grad school to kind of form an interim connection between the students and, and the faculty and, and um, you know, help students think, you know, of a career working in the arts, living yeah. as an artist, um, and how do you balance those things. Um, and it was really great starting out. It was a temporary position that ended up becoming permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a it was a really great time to to come here and and work with students. And I really I fell in love with the faculty and in the department when I came here to interview for the job. So you know, instantly after you graduated from your master, you ended up here as a visit. I did, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there was no time in between. I, I graduated in May and moved here in July and started teaching in August oh, uh, of cool. that same year. Yeah. So uh, I was really, really young. I think I was 24 when I got the job. And then I, when I started teaching, I was 25. And yeah. so <laughs> a lot of the students were older than me, you know, and... Uh, and it it was pretty interesting. I really treated it like a residency almost, mm-hmm. you know, like I was here to teach, but I was here to make a ton of work too and um and and kind of have the students watch me make that work and see yeah. what it looks like for an artist to be working on their own uh, creative research yeah. while they're teaching. Um, and and that's the one thing that I hope hasn't stopped, you know, that I'm, I'm still working in the studios because in, in the printmaking world, it's... That's you all, so you know. You all kind of just like <laughs> gather around the print yeah. shop, you know. I don't really have my own print shop at home, you know. If I want to make prints, I'm usually in the studio alongside students. Yeah, so, I think that's much... Um, it's much better even for students. Yeah, because they can kind of see that creative yeah. process happening, exactly. you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, Carl, we're like, all we do is we give ourselves problems and then we have to come up with solutions Correct. for them. Yes, that's and true. the students, usually we're giving them the problems and they have to come up with the solutions. Yeah, but for true. them to see us like working alongside them and giving ourselves problems yeah. and trying to figure out solutions, I think is always so interesting. That's correct, you know? yes. Perfect. So... What can you tell uh, us about the Dada? Anything that's, Dada. for example, like me, I just joined Dada. So tell me something about the history of Dada since you. That, uh, yeah, that could be a whole podcast. It's yeah. just like introducing <laughs> you to Dada. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's, um, it's, you know, when I started here, it was just the Department of Art. And mm-hmm. I think. Um, so no design. There was design. Yep, there was design, um, but it was just called the Department of Art. And oh, I think I we wanted to rename it to be more inclusive of yeah. design and just to showcase that we have a, a rigorous art history program, yeah. too. And so I forget when the Department of Art, Design, and Art History was actually born. Yeah. Um, but I think we were all excited about it. We were excited about you know calling it Dada and having this department that we felt like we could brand yeah. and take ownership over, you know. And um, that's why usually every year I make Dada T-shirts because I just want students to wear them, you know, yeah, and cool. uh, and kind of promote the program in yeah. a way and just be proud of the program, mm-hmm. you know. I think I think being I think promoting anything we have to first be proud of what it is before exactly. we can promote it yes. well. And so, yeah, when we formed Dada, kind of, I mean, Dada was already formed when we renamed Dada, you know, the Department of Art to Dada. It felt like something we could all kind of gather around and be really proud of. Yeah. And uh, and so 
it, it felt more inclusive of design and, and more inclusive of art history in a way. And it was kind of externally facing where we could really showcase everything that we offer within our, our building, you know, our single building. Um, and and so yeah, it's uh, Dada has has grown a lot and changed a lot and shifted a lot. Um, I think there's you know there's such a great strong sense of culture within the art building mm-hmm. that I think I always like to let students try to build that culture as much as they can. But knowing that students are going to leave every four years, I think there's something on the faculty to continue that culture even after you know students exactly. leave. And, yeah. and teach freshmen coming in, like, hey, this is a great space. You should make it your own. You yeah. should want to be here. You should want to explore creativity here. And then when they leave in four years, you yeah. know, there's another group of freshmen coming in that we have to, like, I think it's up to the faculty to continually teach them, you know, about the space and about about how we're going to respect each other in the space, mm-hmm. how we're going to use the space well, right. you know. And, and I think that's been really interesting. So Dada has changed a lot. And in some ways, it hasn't changed at all. You know, we've shifted little parts around Mm -hmm. and um, certain parts have left and new parts have come, you know. And uh, and I think I think we're all getting into the mindset that we're understanding the department has to evolve and will evolve. And I think, you know, bringing in new faculty shows us, yeah, that's right. We're evolving. And probably none of us really know where we're going, but um, it's cool in in the in progress. You well, know? I think it's kind of, kind of like a train that everyone is on board and every that's exact that's a great metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's on board. Exactly. Yep. You know, and uh, we don't really have a destination, no. but we have some tracks that kind of keep us exactly. you know, moving along and uh, that's a great metaphor. Yeah. yeah. So you said you joined when you were 24, 5, mm-hmm. uh, so how you create the relationship between you and your students, you know, as a professorship and studentship and, you know, but still as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a tough thing um, because I, I do at my core, I do want students to know that I'm I'm no different than them. I'm mm-hmm. still in this fight, you know, to be creative yeah. and, and to find my own voice, which is an ongoing process. You know, it's not like, oh, you find your voice in four years of undergrad and then you have your voice the rest of your life. No, no, no. It's like it's it's a lifelong process of finding your personal voice and your personal taste and and understanding what appeals to you and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, even even being in a, a professional arts career for about 15 years, I look back at stuff I created 10 years ago and sometimes I'm like, oh man, that's terrible. Why would I ever I do that? You always know? that experience. <laughs> and then sometimes, sometimes I'll look back at things that I created you know, back in grad school and I'm like, oh man, I'll never do anything better than that. And so, you know, I think uh, helping, helping students understand that was always is uh, a charge of mine from from early on mm-hmm. but but yeah I think um, you know letting students know that you're along coming alongside them that you're exploring the same things they explore I think is so valuable yeah. um, even you know I, I have these moments where I give students projects and whether they know it or not I'm thinking about those exact same things in my studio you know and so yeah. um I remember for a, a summer screen printing class, I 
I told the students they had to print on something and then make it three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. So they had to pull a screen print on fabric or paper or cardboard or something, a foam core, and then they had to build it into a three-dimensional thing. Mm-hmm. And I told them all, I was like, I'll I'll go through this too. Because they were all kind of fighting with like, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? And I was like, I'll do it too. And I remember I had a student just take 360 degree panoramic photos of my head. um, And then I stitched it all together, you know, and I printed it on canvas and I made these and I sewed them and I made these masks of me that I could put over my own face, you know, (laughs) and they're still kind of peppered throughout the print shop. Um, but, But but I think like allowing my students to see that I, I don't have it all figured out. I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure things out while they are. I think that really builds our relationship as um, colleagues mm-hmm. in a way. Like like you and I are colleagues, yeah. but I think we're also colleagues with the students. Exactly. And we're, yeah. we're trying to pull the students maybe up onto our professional level, while at the same time we're trying to say our professional level isn't that much different than where you are right yeah, now. I, you I know? think it does not create that hierarchy, you know, that yeah. spread us. And always, you know, personally, I at the uh, beginning of each semester in my classes, I just say, hey, this, that's true, we are in university, but this space is an art studio. It is. I'm yeah. art director, you are art artist, designers. Yeah. The assignments is my, you know, client's work. I bring yep. it to the table and we are a team. Yeah. So I think that creates a better, you know, uh, environment for students to... Uh, yeah. I'm not the king and you and absolutely or give order. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um that's it's always interesting to have those conversations with students where they're like, So do you think this is okay? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like it's I'm I, you know, it is. It's it's a work <laughs> in progress. I'm yeah. not gonna tell you, you know, good, bad, do it better, you know. Exactly. I'm not gonna be yelling those commands at you. Yeah. Um because I don't like getting those commands when I'm alone in my own studio. You know, we can give ourselves those commands yeah, sometimes, but, but they're not usually helpful, no. you know? <laughs> so, like, teaching the students or encouraging the students to just observe what they've made and then assess its value yeah. and then move on to the next thing I think is so important, you know? But you're right. I think working as a team, I, I want to I wanna show my students that more and more. Yep especially like getting into the print shop and printing my own professional work there as they're they're printing their projects for their classes it's like we're all the same there's there's really no difference here i've i've been put in this position to encourage you and and kind of push you yeah you know um and that's that's really my role um which i think yeah it forms a tight relationship i think with some of the students and i know it's always this this tough thing too then they graduate and and that's not there, you know, no. nobody's pushing them. Yeah. Nobody's like forcing them to make work, you know, and they have this moment of like, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Which I think is sort of, and I'm like, there you go. Sometimes yeah. I get in my studio and I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> oh my God. So with all being said, if you go back to your 24, yeah. okay, would you prefer still academia or industry? That's a great question um, because in printmaking, you do see this split after the MFA. You see 
um, some of your friends in, in grad school are, are teaching and doing a lot of other work on the side, some like design work, um, some illustration. Uh, and then you see this other split of these, these students that formed nonprofit community print shops, you know, and are, are printing for artists, are printing for clients, are, are doing that whole thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, for me, it, I think it made more sense to, to do academia. I really like teaching. I, uh, I was certified to teach in, in undergrad. Um, and and I, I liked teaching. I knew I, I would love teaching at the college level. And then grad school gave me a taste of that. You know, yeah. I was teaching courses at, at the grad school level. And um, I was just more and more like, wow, these students really are encouraging me to continue to be creative yeah. and, and to think about it daily. I almost like saw in myself if I wasn't teaching, you know, I wondered like, what would, would I still be like spurred on to be creative every day exactly. or, or would I do something else, you know? So teaching for me has always felt like, like really pushing me to continue being creative. I know for some people teaching like drains all their creativity. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing they want to do at the end of the day is go into the studio and yeah. make their own work. But for me, it really has been the opposite. I mean, I, I, I have conversations with students all day and I'm like, oh man, that's a really great idea. I'm going to take that back to the yeah. studio and I'm going to work <laughs> on it. I'm really excited about it. That's great. But, but I do, but I was going to say, I do like, you know, that other, that other side that went and did the community print shop thing. And, and, those those artists that are making a living um, running a print shop, I think that's that sounds so awesome yeah, and so exciting, you know. And it was it was cool to think. Well, it's cool to think in printmaking specifically. You can kind of go two different directions yeah. if you want to, you know. So yeah, that's I, I totally agree with that. And you know, if this might be the question for even students to ask you that, uh, like, what are the most significant? pluses and minuses or pros and cons uh, about working as a print maker yeah. uh, in that field in general. Yeah, um, I think the one pro of, of working in the field is that probably with a lot of things we've seen like this cyclical kind of thing happening where you know it goes through this whole era of print is dead nobody wants to buy magazines nobody wants to buy anything print related everything's online you know and and then it and then undoubtedly it goes back into a space of no everyone wants everything printed we we want to hold objects we want to read newspapers mm -hmm. um we want to hold on to posters we want those posters to be handmade you know and not just spit out of an inkjet printer or something um and so that's that's one nice pro about printmaking. It has a it has a real tendency to stay around, even you know as everyone says print is dead. It's like no print really isn't dead. No. You know there's there's so much life in printmaking. It's on that evolution. It's like on a train. You yeah. know itself. It's going to evolve and become a different thing. Especially now with rezo printing. I mean, twenty years ago. Nobody was doing rezo printing who was yeah. a printmaker, and now every printmaker's picked up a machine and, and is using that technology. It's very valuable, know? right? It's now. very yeah, it's very valuable, and I think um, the same thing happened with letterpress printing. You know, mm -hmm. there was a time when um, letterpress printing it almost all but died yeah. in in the in the popular world, and uh, and then people started wanting letterpress posters again. They want letterpress everything, stationery, yeah. everything, business cards. You know, and and these letterpress shops started. 
popping up all over the country because there was a need for it. People yep. were calling for this thing. So I think that's a really big benefit. I also think um, this could be because of, of who I am as a printmaker, but I really do think design is kind of rolling behind the scenes mm-hmm. of everything in printmaking. I think um, it's hard for us to split up printmaking and design because they're so intertwined. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I, I like I always fall I don't fall in the trap, but I do go through times in my life where I think everything I make goes through Photoshop yeah. as like a filter, you know, or InDesign or something before it. And even design rules, you know, oh, principles. Yeah. Everything's <clears throat> yeah, the, like back and forth. That's right. Involved. That's right. Yeah, they're they're all there, you yeah. know. It's just I think the printmaker is always wanting to manifest their work in a physical world, yeah. you know. And so um, they get to see, I think, that design on the other end. Um, the con is that, yeah, I mean, I think like any studio discipline, yeah. I think it's up to the students to to make their own career. You know, no one's ready to, no one's going to meet you at graduation and no. say, here's your career. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and that, <laughs> that goes that goes with everything. I think that's the one, the one downfall. But that could be said of the art and design industry yeah. in general. Nobody's you got to kind of make that for yourself. You know, and for the like uh, future career, if students, those who are in printmaking. Alongside teaching, what are the other future career paths they can go? Uh, <clears throat> for Prime, yeah, alongside teaching. Um That's always been one sustaining thing in printmaking. Either it is running workshops or classes or something like mm-hmm. that. But I've had a lot of um printmaking friends make a career by printing artists' work oh, and then selling that work at editions fairs or artist book fairs throughout um, the country. Uh-huh. Um, Miami is always one of the big ones. But, yeah, there's a huge international print fair in Miami where a lot of, um, we call them presses, you know, would yeah. go and and they'd sell work created by artists. So essentially, like a printmaker could say to a major working artist, say, Caro, I want you to come and, and I want to make a print for you. I want to pull a print for you. Right. So you send me a design, you come to my print shop and, and we'll figure it all out. I'll print you an edition of a hundred mm-hmm. and you can keep yeah. a few. You're going to sign them all. You know, you can keep a few and the rest we're going to try to sell to museums, uh, private collectors, um, you know, uh, private collections at, at institutions, uh, like universities and things around the country. Yeah. Um, so that's a really great career path. But I think we also, too, have a lot, as, as there are larger and larger print collections mm-hmm. in major institutions around the country, I think there is more of a call for people that are print-minded and know the yeah. tradition of printmaking um, and can can say, that's an etching, that's an engraving, that's a dry point. You know, they, yeah. can, they can identify those different things within the discipline Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's still, it's, it's a hustle culture, like a lot of things, you know, you got to hustle to, yeah. to make a living out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And what specific skills, interests, or values are important for a person or a student to have in this job? Um, it, that kind of goes back to that hustle culture, you know, yeah. <laughs> is, um, 
you know, I, I always love seeing the students that are taking advantage of every opportunity that comes across their desk, yeah. you know, and and it's it's not easy. It's not easy to submit your work for a hundred different things in a month, you yeah. know, but but sometimes it really takes takes that effort yeah. um, to be able to do, it. you know, like you sent me uh, just last week to uh, submit your work for a magazine. Yeah. And, and exactly. it's like, I can't say no to that. I have to be like, OK, yeah, I'm submitting, you That's know. Challenge, you know? it, it is. It's a challenge. Yeah. Um, it goes back to, I think we need to be like good business people in a way of like, this yeah. is just that this is the business end, you know, submitting images and exactly. writing for grants and exhibitions and calls for work. It's a, uh, it's a lot of work, but that's, we have to get good at that. Exactly. You know? And it's a constant, you know, effort. Every day, you know. Every day, yeah. You you could submit to probably five things a day, yeah, and not, you know. But that's how that's how opportunities really come and along. I think they should you be know? like that. Yeah, yeah. I think they should be yeah. like that. I agree. You know, I think about that all the time. Like, if I can, I can make a website and it can look really nice and it yeah. can showcase my work well, but I. I can't control if people go to it or not, no, exactly. you know, yeah. but, but opportunities where my work can get outside of the studio yeah. um, and into other spaces, that's yep. always a huge part of, of uh, yeah, so I want all students to do that more. Okay, that's yeah. great. That's great. Uh, so I think we do. I learned a lot about them right now, actually, with this discussion about printmaking <laughs> and what they can do. I think that's really interesting. And I'm really interested to, you know, you may right now not giving the exact answer for this, but how do you see printmaking in the future, you know? Yeah, um, that's a big question. And I, I have thought about it a lot, yeah. you know, because... Because again, we go back to that thought of evolution. I think I think the print studio needs to evolve too. You know, exactly. there are some processes in printmaking that I think are valuable to teach. Yeah, but I don't know if they if they travel outside the print shop. You're right. You know, it's like it's like oh, I taught you how to do this thing. But it only exists within the print shop, you yeah. know, like, like, I don't know if you'll use this skill anywhere else, but I taught you how to do it, yeah. you know. And so um, looking to like, like, I'm really interested in, in kind of like pulling in techniques and processes in the print shop that I think could translate to a career, could prepare students for that next step, whether it is grad school or whether it is, um, you know, they, they work in like a design shop who's yeah. doing printing alongside designing. You know, I think printmakers are really nice to bridge that connection between a really fantastic designer that maybe mm -hmm. doesn't have the hand skills of, of seeing the yeah, thing come right. to life. You know, that's where a printmaker can really come in and be like, great, I see that that design I love it that would look great as a screen print yeah. I'm going to help you you know I'm going to help you make it into a screen print um so I, I like those methods of output that feel like they're they're they can translate to careers yeah. and paths outside. It's kind of like with getting those Rizzos, you know? It's like our students have been calling for us to get these machines for a couple of years at least, um, you know? And, and as Rizzo printing continues to become more and more popular in independent publishing, yeah. you know, I think, okay, yeah, I want students to have experience working on these machines. If they want to go the direction of independent publishing, they're going to know how to do this. And you know? I think, you know, if we just take a look back from the beginning and advent of 
print machines. Always print making and printmakers, they got advantage from the technology. Yeah. But at this point, for me, when I look at this, for example, with AR, VR, interactive designs and all those things, I think there are too much opportunity for printmakers to somehow create the con connection between yeah. these two. But still, I think, but I don't know why they don't. I agree. I agree. I don't I know think, how much you are agree with that, no, actually. No, but, I, I, well, but, I, but, like, I agree that, like, there's this desire to hold on to tradition. Yeah. Um, and there's this paused kind of quality of, yeah. okay, AR, VR comes along. I, I want to I have students in my classes that are like, how can I use that? Yeah. That's exactly. a tool. How can I use that um, and, and not be scared? Yeah. Um, because I agree. I think... I think while the industry is doing so many amazing things with AR and VR, I think when artists get involved and they start breaking the system yeah. a little bit and just using it for what it can do and, and be unique with it and be creative with it, exactly. then the industry starts stealing from artists. Yeah. And they're like, oh, That's man, <laughs> you know, that artist saw or looked at this this tool in this very yeah. different way, yeah. you know. Um, and I think, I think yeah, I wanna, I, I'm excited to explore that within printmaking. Yeah. You know, I do look at those new technologies and I'm like, okay, how can, how can print use this, you know? And I think, yeah, it's necessary, you know, for, yeah, just for research and experiment. Yeah. Yeah. It might never become anything, no. but it might provide a new way of looking exactly. at things. You know? Just, you know, always research doesn't mean to find a exact result. Yeah. Sometimes it ends up with some questions that next years that someone else can continue to find yeah. something else. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I follow this artist on Instagram that, um, does a lot of 3d modeling. And I think you can look at his work on the outside and think he's using blender or some, yeah. some process where you're looking at a screen mm -hmm. and you're modeling within the screen, but he's posted videos of his process process before he is actually putting on a VR headset and he is, inside of the screen wow. drawing in real time moving around objects three-dimensional objects as he's creating them <laughs> um, and using 3d like drawing tools to yeah. draw these really off-the-wall objects and i think wow that's so interesting that he as an artist finds the need to actually be inside the screen yeah. with the headset you know and, and be part sculpting. of it in sculpting <laughs> that's exactly what he's doing he's sculpting and but not like not letting the screen be this like wall between yeah. him and what he's making, he is actually inside the screen, being this, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's turned his studio into this AR like yeah. like space. You know, <laughs> it's very very interesting. That's good. Uh, are there any courses, any activities? You know, the students should get involved to that. You know, particularly beneficial for them in this field. Yeah, um, I'm you know because I I help out with the Webster Art Coalition. I'm going to pitch you know the oh, Webster thanks. Art Coalition, but um, it's a it's a group of really really energetic, excited students that want to just be in community with each other and mm -hmm. be creative. It doesn't matter what they're exploring. It could be I mean I think a couple events they they've done this semester anything from canvas stretching to soap making and anything in between that. And they have their annual art prom coming up in a week, I think. Well, yeah, I depends saw the posters. On, yeah, it yeah. depends on when this, you know, this podcast comes out. Yeah. But, uh, but coming up, and I think, yeah, they're just excited to dress up and and um, 
as creatives, be creatives in the same space okay. and and ex- explore what that means. And I think we need so much more of that. You know, we need students to get involved. If you yeah, exactly. are looking, if you're looking for community, you know, and, and trying to find like-minded people that are just as weird as you are, then this is the place to get involved, yeah. you know. And for those freshmen and new incoming students, they might listen to this and they want to apply yeah. what advice do you have for them in particular printmaking yeah i'd say in printmaking too my my best advice would just be to continually ask yourself why why you're doing what you're doing yeah. um why tate told you to do what yeah. you're doing and why you're listening to him and uh And I think that's always served students really well. Why am I making what I'm making? Why am I drawing what I'm drawing? Why am I interested in the content that I'm interested in? Why am I uh, stuck watching the same show on Netflix over and over and over? (laughs) I'm I'm okay if if that's who you are, but I I do encourage you to ask why. Why? Why? Um, and because I think that gives us such great insight into who we are um, and, and who other people are. And I uh, think yeah. why is a great question, whether both in art and design. Yeah. You know, that's a very important component to ask the students why. Even myself, you know, yeah. sometimes I ask myself why I use these elements in my, my poster. <laughs> yes. The purpose, yes. The function, you know, yeah. What message is gonna transmit, yeah. And all those things, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Poster design is is an exercise in why exactly why this type, yeah. Why this placement? That's why these correct. colors? Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah. And I think I think if students are good at asking themselves why, yeah, they're gonna be successful. Um, but I, I have thought before about running an entire semester long class where I just say why to the students the whole time. Like they come to me and they're like, oh yeah, I was thinking about using this blue and i would yeah. just say why and they'd be like i thought i'd make i thought i'd you know print this design and just be like why yeah uh, just to try to get them to be reflective yeah. on what they're making because i agree yeah we do that all the time exactly all the time yeah so just for wrap up do you have any bad memory or experience in this field or any good experience that you It's always in your head, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I've told a few students the story. I meant, I remember in undergrad, I was in a figure drawing class, and I was just kind of getting my bearings of vine charcoal on newsprint, uh-huh. you know, drawing the figure. Um, and I was really enjoying what I was doing. And then I, I took a class with a faculty member who uh, would just walk around all of us in a circle at our easels and just tear our drawings in half every 30 seconds. And so we had 30 seconds to draw the figure before the faculty member would come around. He would tear our work down and then tear it in half and drop it on the floor right at our feet um, (laughs) and and make this nice little pile of drawings. (laughs) And I remember, um, I, 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 you know, I, I like pranks and I like jokes. I remember at the time, I thought it was very funny. It was interesting to see my classmates get pretty upset, um, you know, at, at this faculty member tearing their work in half. But 
I think even at, even at the time, I, I realized what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. He was trying just to get us to to make quick sketches because a lot of us took way too long on yeah. sketching, um, and, and and just think through ideas, think through observation very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think about that lesson a lot. You know, I think about as a teacher too. I think about the half of the class that was very frustrated, yeah. and the other <laughs> half of the class that thought this was funny. funny you know, and yeah. I thought, man, how could you give projects to students to like <laughs> half? Frustrated, half half think it's funny, you know. <laughs> maybe that's, that's the great. maybe that's the sweet spot, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah, sure. I like some of those, you know, techniques in teaching. Yeah, some yeah. people use. Some are valuable, you mm. know. I think I think cutting a student down for the sake of cutting a student down is. Yeah. Not usually very valuable, um, but uh, but sometimes students need to understand that, that not everything they create is going to yeah. be a masterpiece, and that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean you didn't have to create it. Exactly. You know? I create a lot of things that I think are masterpieces that are not masterpieces. Yeah. People have told me before they are not masterpieces. Exactly. Exactly. You know. So, and um, I have you no know, too many uh, experiences and memories like that. I re- I can remember when I was in my actually undergrad level yeah. in Iran. Uh, I had a professor, and he was always forced us to copy the posters from the other designers. Yeah, like a master's copy or something like that. Yeah, and we were so hating. I'm like, why? Why? I need. I want to my own design. I'm creative. Yeah. And at that time, we we know we couldn't, you know, understand why and what. But right now, when I just remember that, I know how much it was important for us to understand the elements. Yeah, principles. Yeah, and why all those elements are settled like that? Yeah, yeah sometimes right. it, it takes times, you know, for us to understand for students. Yeah, you kind of get in that designer's shoes, yeah. and you think, okay, why were they making this the way they were making it? Like, exactly. what what caused them to get to this stage? Yeah, um, which I think, yeah, is very valuable. So, yeah, student, we just say that because we want you to trust us. Yes, <laughs> trust us. <laughs> Right. When we say why, yeah. just trust us. You'll find out next five years. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, great. So I think we all we are done at this point. Any advice? Anything for students? No, just any be, last comments or something. Just be in the studio constantly. Okay. That's Sleep good. less. Yeah. Work more. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tate, for thank you. joining us and share with us your experience and your thoughts and your background. I think we really enjoyed that. Uh, we try to publish and share this episode maybe by tomorrow or at least by Wednesday. Yeah. So, uh, busy. yep. So, yeah, everyone, you can find out this uh, podcast on uh, Spotify on pod iPodcast for the iPhone, uh, Castbox, and other platforms that uh, it's out there. Even I think uh, YouTube as well. So please check out the Dada Webster Instagram. Uh, you can find us uh, and our advertisements on the Dada web, uh, Instagram page. And let us know if you have any questions. Thank you, everyone, and bye.